We ask that you and you alone would be glorified in the hearing of your word. That you would open our ears to hear. That you would open our eyes to see. That each of us would be able, Lord, to bring your word into ourselves where you can use it to benefit us. Lord God, with all of the troubles that we see in the world today, even in this land where believers have been marginalized, where your principles have been rejected, where truth is called lies and lies are called truth, even in this land, Lord, where falsehood has gained a foothold in the body of Christ, where doctrines of men have become the norm, and your word has been placed on a shelf. We ask for your glory to fall upon this building today, that the souls of each man, woman, and child that are present in this building would be blessed by your presence, filled with your Spirit. Reveal to us, Lord, search us. And if you find anything, Lord, that doesn't belong, we ask that you would break it free from us, that we would be purified. Through the hearing of your word, our strength would be found in you, and our faith would be built on nothing less than that solid rock of Christ our Lord. May each of us, Lord, be strengthened in the power of your might as we go forward. And I pray this all in Christ's name and all of God's people said, Amen. Ready when you are, Jim. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is due Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Who did that? Christ, our Lord. You know, there's a hymn. It's number 297 in our book. It's called, God Will Take Care of You. And it relates to the message today because we know that God will. He doesn't, in His Word, say He might. He doesn't say that He just can. He says He will. And today we continue spiritual battle training. If you weren't here last week, we can somehow get you uh, a copy of the message from last week. Our Creator equips us with everything needed for protection and victory. Everything. And we're going to see that God equips faithful believers with power. Power. I want all of you to have that power of God within you. This is a message of encouragement. 
And I believe it will improve our ability to understand that we are powerful in Christ. In Christ. See, Christ is our armor. And in Christ, we are powerful. He won the victory. We operate in His victory. And I believe this message will help us to know the power that God gives us. Remember, this is His battle. We've looked at His Word that tells us exactly that. The battle is the Lord's. It's His battle. And every believer is given the option to serve our Lord in His strength, in His power, in His might. The meaning of those words and how they apply to our lives is critical to our stand in Christ. They're critical. They set the stage for victorious spiritual warfare. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You know, whenever the enemy comes at you, the enemy comes looking like a man or a woman or or people in positions of authority or whatever it is. But the Word tells us we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. These are, this is a spiritual battle. The meaning of those words set the stage for victorious spiritual battle. Now, we have to remember we are not waging war. We are not waging war. It has been waged and won. It was waged and it has been won. We're simply operating through time, though with God there is no time, and that's a whole other sermon I'm not going to get into, but with God there is no time. We are stuck in time right now, and we're going through the motions in time, and it is simply our role to stand fast in the faith that we have placed in Jesus Christ, Yahashua, Messiah, his Hebrew name. He is the Messiah. We're serving God in the battle as we go through this life. And sometimes it's not easy. He never said it would be, though. In fact, he said, be prepared, because it isn't going to be easy. He said, they hated him, they're going to hate you. They being those who are not of God. Now, if we are true believers, and we are surrendered to the finished work of Christ, his work that he accomplished on the cross, then we have eternal victory in the Lord's battle. It is his battle. We already have the victory that Christ won if we are in Christ. And it's wise for us to understand what he gives us to work with. He gives it to us to help us be better equipped to live in the victory of Christ. So I want you to open your Bibles to the sixth chapter of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, and you'll find that on page 1801. We're going to begin with verse 10. If you want to open in the books there in your seats, if not, if you brought your own Bible, I can't tell you the page number, but we will also have it up on the screen here. And that's where it is written, finally, my brethren, 
Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith which with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, there are two key words in that particular line, and I'm not going to preach on this text today, but I want to point them out to you. Taking the shield of faith which excuse me, with which you will, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You will be able to take care of all, to quench, to stop, to extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I pray that God would add His blessing to the reading and hearing of His Word, and I trust that He will. We just read three little encouraging words. And not just encouraging, but empowering. That first little word is strong. It's translated from the Greek word, and dunamao, and dunamao. It means to empower, to enable, increase in strength, strengthen, to make strong. And that comes from the Strong's Greek dictionary or lexicon. And the Thayer's gives the definition to be to be strong, endue with strength, strengthen, to receive strength, to be strengthened, increase in strength. Is there something about strength there? You get it? To increase in strength, to strengthen, to receive strength, to be strengthened, to increase in strength. And in a bad sense, it says, to be bold, to be headstrong. But you know, it can also be that in a good sense. Because when you're bold, you will proclaim the gospel. You will stand no matter what happens. When you have the boldness to take Christ out into the world, you will not stop. You will be headstrong. God will make your forehead harder than theirs. He says so in his word when he speaks to Ezekiel. He said, oh, yeah, they're going to give you some looks. Sure, they're going to jeer at you. But I'm going to make your forehead strong. And you will stand. You will not back down. You will do what's right. You will stand for what's right. That's what he says. He makes it clear. Because he will give you the strength. He will strengthen you. 
from within. And dunamao is used eight times in Scripture, and it's translated three times, be strong. Be strong. It's a directive. And two times it's written as strengthen. Another time it's written increase in strength. Another time enable, and another time be made strong. It's used of Abraham in the fourth chapter of Romans where it's written, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, who promised? God promised. Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Abraham was fully persuaded that God was able to do what God said he would do. Are we fully persuaded that God will do what He said He will do? You see, I was listening to a, a sermon this morning by David Wilkerson. In fact, I thought to share it with Bill. I was going to send it to Bill. It was like 3 o'clock this morning. Because I know Bill would enjoy that. I don't know how many of, of you, I don't have your email addresses, or you might get one of these days too. But... Uh, David Wilkerson was talking about how God's people, over and over and over, God gave them ten opportunities to be faithful, and all ten times they failed. They failed. God allowed them to be tested in the wilderness. And instead of spending the short amount of time to go from point A to point B, He let them wander around in the woods out there for 40 years. Not in the woods, in the forest or whatever, the wilderness, excuse me. Forty years. Because they weren't faithful. They weren't faithful. And you know, when Sarah heard the promise of God that came from the angel who proclaimed it to Abraham, she laughed. She laughed. So you have to ask yourself, what did God promise that she would laugh about? God promised that Sarah would become pregnant. Now, that's no big deal, right? Except she was 90 years old. Okay? I don't know anybody that's 60 years old that wants to hear that. You're going to be pregnant. No. But she laughed. And Abraham, he was a hundred. And they didn't have any children. Sarah had been barren. But you talk about faith. Abraham allowed what God said to be true, even though there was no evidence of it at that moment in time. It's written in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And that is one of the hardest things, I think, for anybody to do. It's hard for us, whenever things are not the way we need them to be, for us to say they're going to be okay. When the world's in turmoil, it is difficult for us to say it's all right. We walk by faith, not by sight. And dunamao is also used as an instruction in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. And this is where Paul tells Timothy to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be Strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong. 
You know, Paul had previously told Timothy, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy. He called him son because he brought him into the faith. And he was a young man. Paul was an older man, probably like me. He brought a young man into the faith, and this young man had zeal. He was on fire. He wanted to proclaim the gospel. And Paul took him under his wing like a father would a son. He says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. The unfortunate reality is today, at least in this country, I don't know about anywhere else because I live here, we're not told when we enlist as a believer, many people say a little prayer and they're told all these promises of what they get for that, but they're not instructed that they have just enlisted in Christ's army. They're not told that they're going into battle. They're not told that now the enemy is going to come after them. And there's many believers who fail because they don't understand that they are in a war. It's a heavenly war. It's a spiritual war. And souls are damaged because nobody told them that they're enlisting in that war. And that, I think, is going to be charged to those who have led and misled people. And dunamao also appears in Hebrews 11 in the discourse on faith. We hear this one and that one and this one and that one and this one and that one by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And as we read on, we read in verses 32 to 34, And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. And they did that by faith. By faith. And this is the strength that we have in Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it's written, and this is Paul writing, he says, and he said to me, my grace, Paul had begged for God to take away this thorn in his side, some ailment, some weakness, something that was really limiting him. He said, and he asked God, and, and God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, Paul says, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We're weak, but He is strong. We sing those hymns. I'm weak, but you are strong. Right? We know the words, but do we really put it together and understand what that means? He is strengthened in us and our weakness. Strength comes from dunamis in that particular passage. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. He said dunamis, force, specifically it's the miraculous, miracle-working power of God. In 
1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, Paul gives Christ the credit for enabling him, same word, strengthening him by faith to be in the ministry. Paul was killing Christians. His name was Saul. He thought he was doing the right things. He was dragging them off to their deaths until Christ knocked him down on that road to Emmaus and said, ah, I don't like what you're doing, but now you're going to work for me. Who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, Yahshua, the one that you're persecuting. When they persecute us, they're persecuting him. Do you think he takes that lightly? Not at all. In the ninth chapter of Acts, we find Paul described as being strengthened, made strong as he preached to his kinsmen. Paul states this in the fourth chapter of his second letter to Timothy. In the fourth chapter there, in verses 17 and 18, it is written, But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that the message might be preached fully through me, and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for His heavenly kingdom. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And we know Paul was martyred. How could he say these words? The Lord will preserve me forever. He's not talking about here. He's talking about eternally. Yes, these evil forces are trying to trick you. They're trying to deceive you. They're trying to draw you out of the grace of God. They're trying to pull you into sin. The devil is tricking you. He's lying to you. He's using everything at his disposal. And today, today, we have more ways than ever before. Most of them are electronic. My favorite verse that contains endunamo, excuse me, endunamo, is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Who strengthens us? Christ strengthens us. All in all, all things He strengthens us. We can do all things through Christ. And sometimes it's difficult. It's not easy. But he says we can. Not might. Not maybe. Not should be able to. Can do all things. We find faith in Christ is that faith. The faith that strengthens us, enables us, and empowers us to be stronger. The second little word that sets the stage for victorious spiritual warfare is power. Power. It appears as the power. And that is a very interesting phrase to me. As I was preparing my notes, I thought, what power? What is this power? What is the power? It's translated there from kratos, which means vigor, dominion, might, power, and strength. It also means force and dominion. Or we have the force of God. The power is not ours, but it's given us to use in the battle. It's the power of God's might. 
that spiritual force that's behind faithful believers. This is how some people still to this day, including some within this congregation, can go up to people that they've never met before and they can say, Jesus loved you. How they can say it's time to repent. Turn from your sin. It's the power of Almighty God. And that power is the energizing spirit of Almighty God. He helps the faithful to be strong in the battle. He is our helper. Jesus said when He went away, He said, I'm going to send another one, the helper, the comforter. He'll be here to help you. And that power spoken of there is a hidden power, an unseen power that's generated outside of us, but it's available within us. It strengthens us from within. We can compare it to electricity. Electricity powers these lights. Electricity powers this equipment and these bits of equipment that we have here. Electricity powers those things. It powers electrical devices and lights and other things. But disconnected from the source, these things are powerless. Powerless. And just like equipment, lights, just like all of those things that run on electricity, we only need to remain connected to the source of power to benefit from it. Connected. Connected. Without that connection, we are essentially immobilized. Because we don't have the power. The main thing that separates us from our source of power is sin. That's the main thing. It's not the only thing, but it's the main thing. Sin separates us from our source of power because if Christ is in us and Christ is without sin and we are living in sin, guess what? Christ is not in us. His Word makes that clear because light and darkness can't coexist. Another thing that separates us from our source of power is when we sever our connection by lack of communication. We cut off the uplink to the source of power. Prayer is that uplink. Prayer is that connection to the source of power. Speaking, communicating with our Heavenly Father. And the third one that I have at least in my notes here, is that detaching separates us from the source of power. Detaching by ignoring the word of the power source. God's word is true. His word gives us access to the power of Almighty God. He says that. In other words, read the Psalms. I would challenge all of you, if you haven't read the Bible in a while, or if you have, just open it to the book of Psalms and just read them and ask God to open up His Word to you. The Psalms proclaim Christ. Though you might not find 
the word Christ in every psalm. The main thing that separates us, though, is sin. The root word for power is found 12 times in Scripture. In Ephesians 1.17, we learn that Paul speaks of the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. And then when we move on to verse 19, which is connected to the message here, we learn that the spirit of wisdom opens our eyes to what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of His excuse me, to the working of His mighty power. It's His power in us that works through us. In the first chapter of Colossians, we find it used in a similar manner. Be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that they, and we, may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. There are too many passages of Scripture that relate to God's power working through His people for us to be weak and beggarly. We are empowered by God when we're connected. God. The power spoken of in our text today is God's power that comes from the indwelling Holy Spirit of Almighty God. It's His power. Speaking of Christ in His epistle to Timothy, Paul says, Christ alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. His power is without end. His throne is without end. His dominion is without end. And He gives us access to His power. The third little word that sets the stage for victorious spiritual warfare in Christ is might. Not might as in maybe, might as in mighty. Iskus is the Greek word translated might in Ephesians 6.10, and it's found 11 times in the New Testament. It means ability, might, force, strength, power, and forcefulness. Anytime I see someone who is bold in the face of evil, I say, that's the might of God. It's not human might. That's the might of God, the force of God, and it's invisible. Yet we are outfitted with His force by faith and obedience. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. His force comes to us and remains with each believer who continues in Christ by obedience to the Word of Almighty God. His force comes to us, remains with each believer who continues in Christ by obedience to the Word of Almighty God. If we live contrary to this, we may not believe with any success 
that we are actually operating in the power of God. We may have power, but it won't be God's power. If we're disconnected from His Word, we're living contrary to His Word, it's not God who's guiding our lives. <clears throat> Excuse me. The might's not our own. It is the might of God that is implanted in every believer. It's His might. It's His might. It's implanted to us, into us, by His Holy Spirit to strengthen us against the evil forces of the enemy. His Hebrew name is Hasatan. We call him Satan. Remember, you of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. That's written in 1 John. 1 John 4, 4. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world, if in fact He is in you. Can we see that we're not alone? Remember the words of Christ written in John 14, 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Will live with us. He says so. But what's the caveat there? What's that little caveat? And, and there are those who say, oh, there, no, 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 no. I, I say, wait, let's hear what he said, okay? If anyone loves me, he will disregard my word? What does he say? If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. That's where the power is. You are of God, little children. You are of God. Now, He's calling you children because you're children of God, not because you're tiny little children. Can we see that we're not alone? Our Creator's not off in some distant place. I had somebody tell me that one time. There was a woman in attendance services here. God's way off out there somewhere. Maybe we can reach Him with our prayers. And I said, no, that's not what His Word says. He is with us, within us empowering us, giving us the strength to stand in the power of His might, not our own. He makes it clear. His Word is so clear on this. And I think in these times, we all need to be strengthened in the power of His might. And we need to understand what gets between us and that. We need to understand why, if we're not operating in His power, why it is we're not. His Word is clear. Keep His Word. He is with us, and He is greater than anything in the world. He created the world. He's outside of His creation in the sense that He created it. Nothing in this world can overcome God. It won't happen. Obedient, faithful followers of Christ have the awesome might of Almighty God dwelling in us. Do we really believe it, though? Do we believe it? Do we really believe it? We need to. We need to know that the power of God is in us. God is dwelling in us. 
And we need to choose to live obediently in His grace. When we put the meanings of those three little words together, we can see what we have available in Christ. Believers are strengthened, and we increase in strength by faith. And that strength comes from the force of God, the power of God's might. It's the spiritual force behind, that force behind believers, faithful believers. And it comes from within them by His Holy Spirit. Now in Ephesians chapter 3, we learn that that passage of Scripture that I'm about to read supports the idea that I just said. The spiritual force behind faithful believers comes from within them by His Holy Spirit. This is what's written in Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. This is my prayer for all of you. That's my prayer for all of us. That we would be strengthened in the power in, with might through His Spirit in inner selves, inside of ourselves. And I want you to get this, folks. That He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit. It's His Holy Spirit that strengthens us and supplies us with the power and might to overcome the enemy. And anybody who has ever stood in their own might against spiritual forces of wickedness, they've lost. God fills obedient, faithful followers of Christ with His Spirit. This is the source of our power. This is how we plug in to that source of power, to have the Holy Spirit within us. But let us not sin and expect that the Holy Spirit will guide us. Let us not disconnect from our communication with God and expect that the Holy Spirit is going to be with us. Let us not ignore the Word of God and expect that His Spirit is going to be that power that drives us. God's strength comes from our obedience to His will. Those who remain in sin are not strengthened in the Lord. They can't be. Those who remain in sin do not receive the power of His might. His will never includes living in sin because sin is the opposite of His will for our lives. Before I wrap this up, I want to make a few points clear. I'm going to drive them home, folks. I'm really trying to nail this so you understand that you have His power under those conditions. That's what He says in His Word. It's not my Word. I'm not being a legalist here. I'm telling you what His Word says. We who enter into Christ are enlisted in His war against evil. We are enlisted. And sadly, many of us didn't learn that before today. Maybe some of us. I wouldn't say many here. We're never alone. We are encouraged to be strong in the Lord. And the three little words, strong, power, and might, set the stage for victorious spiritual warfare in Christ. 
like Abraham, believers are strengthened by our faith in the promises of God. The faithful are made strong out of weakness. So when you find weakness in yourself, praise God because His strength will take over that weakness. It sure does knock our pride down a notch or two, doesn't it? Faith in Christ strengthens us. It enables us and empowers us to be stronger. And just when we think we're strong enough, God says, not so far yet. You've got a little further to go. The power's not ours, but it's given to us to use in battle. It's the power of God's might that's supplied by His Holy Spirit. It's the spiritual force behind faithful believers. The might of Almighty God enables believers to overcome. We overcome doubts. We overcome fears. We overcome anxieties. We overcome powerlessness. We are powerful in Christ. The might of Almighty God enables us to overcome. The force of God comes to each believer who remains in Christ by obedience to the Word of Almighty God. And as it's written in Romans 8.37, we are more than conquerors through Him that loves us. As I wrap this up, I want you to remember that the victory, that victory that we sing about, the victory that we enjoy, the victory that is ours for all of eternity, that victory is in the finished work of Christ on the cross. It's not our work. It's not anything we can do. His triumph over the grave brings victory to everyone who places faith in Him and in His work, not our own. We simply need to live in His victory by faith, not by sight. And we will be able to be strong in the Lord. We will be able to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. We can have His strength by remaining connected to Him. Turn from sin. Communicate with God. And stay in His Word. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we know that You give power to Your people. It's Your Spirit that strengthens us. Your Spirit supplies us with the power and might to overcome the enemy. You fill obedient, faithful followers with Your Spirit. Help us, Lord, to turn from sin. Help us, Lord, to stay in Your Word. Help us, Lord, to con communicate with You, as Your Word says, without ceasing, continually. Strengthen us, Father. Enable us and empower us to be stronger. Help us to overcome the fears. Help us to overcome temptation. Help us to overcome anxiety. Help us, Lord, to overcome all of those things that the enemy throws at faithful followers of Jesus Christ who put their faith in His finished work. 
May each one within the sound of my voice have your Spirit poured out upon them that they would be empowered to walk as you have laid out the way, that narrow way. And I pray all of this in Christ's name, that we would be strengthened in the power of your might. And all of God's people said, Amen. I want you to be here next week as we continue the whole Armor of God series with Put on the Armor and Stand. I've entitled the next message, Put on the Armor and Stand. All right?